Welcome to Inside Inkeeping, a co-production of InPartners and the Association of Independent Hospitality Professionals. This season, we'll be sharing conversations with allied partners and speakers from the AIHP 2019 Knowledge Sharing Summit and Marketplace in Cincinnati. On today's episode, Megan is joined by Cindy Bachman of Innkeepers Advantage to discuss the latest information on OTAs and tips to maximize your online relationships. Enjoy the show and plan to join us in Albuquerque, New Mexico for the 2020 AIHP Summit. Here's your host, Megan Smith. So I am here with Cindy Bachman from Innkeepers Advantage, and she is going to talk about a subject that I think is so tough for everybody to decipher, OTAs, why, how, and um, just where to jump in. And even if you're already working with OTAs, this will be a great conversation because I think she's going to help you decipher a little bit of you know, how to do it better and how to not get overwhelmed with it. So, Cindy, thank you so much for coming. I know you're really busy at the show, and I know you had a presentation this morning along these lines. So why don't you start out with your business, how you interface with OTAs, and then take it from there. Thanks so much for inviting me. So Innkeeper's Advantage is my company, and we have two products. One is the booking engine, and the other is the booking engine with an integrated website. So that means that the website and booking engine work together. And then we also have a channel manager in our booking engine. So uh, the channel manager is how properties can get connected to the OTAs. Do you want to name those OTAs that you work with directly? So we have direct connections with Expedia and the Expedia Group. We have connections with the booking holding company, which is Booking.com, Priceline, uh, Momondo, Agoda, Kayak. And then we have a direct connection to Airbnb and one with TripAdvisor. So how do innkeepers figure this out? out? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it can be a little challenging. First of all, I guess you have to be convinced that you really need to do it. So, you know, if a property is not getting the number of guests that they want, then, of course, one way is to distribute your information throughout the Internet. And that's really what OTAs do for you. Of course, there's a cost to that. And so you have to be committed to making a successful business and coming up with a budget for those kinds of connections so that you can bring your property forward. Now, do they require you to offer online a lesser rate than your rack rate? Or do they put out your rack rate and then they deduct their cost from that? So it's very interesting that you mention this because um, what the OTAs want is rate parity. Rate parity is when all the prices for your property, for your room, for the same night are the same everywhere. So all the competitors get the same price. They'd also like it to be that price on your website. And then, of course, you pay a commission. So really, your price is less the commission. So it could be between 15 and 20 percent. And and I've heard people say they consider that a marketing cost. It's money that they would have spent to market, so that's sort of how they rationalize it. And I don't know if that's what you hear out there, but that's sort of something I've heard. There's a couple ways to look at that. So if your property is really one that will benefit from OTA marketing, then it is the cost of doing business. So you have to price your property accordingly. Some properties are destinations, and they get a lot of bookings directly anyway, and they just need to supplement that with more distribution. So, for example, both Expedia and Booking.com have affiliate marketing partners. So they may take your content and market it 
through their blog posts or articles out into the internet. So that's one way you get distributed with OTAs. Is that an additional charge? Well, when, when someone books through that OTA advertisement, then, of course, they get a commission for that. Because they've done this additional marketing, is that an additional commission, or is it just they're just no. trying to move product? They are just trying to move product. They do that a couple of ways. So Expedia and Booking.com are both booking almost $100 billion a year each in revenue. Mm. Imagine that. And so to get that revenue, they're spending a tremendous amount of money on pay-per-click marketing. And they can do that through, you know, just traditional text ads. They can do that through having listings on the map, on the Google map, through Yahoo. Yahoo is actually a huge travel uh, marketing channel. Really? Yeah. It's interesting to know that. It's sort well, of a hidden secret. That's very good to know that because <laughs> some, of the, some of the listeners may want to look into advertising on Yahoo <laughs> for that reason. Yeah. So Yahoo Travel gets most of their information from OTAs. TripAdvisor also advertise Expedia and Booking.com rates on their review site. And they also have their own programs. So TripAdvisor has an instant booking program, and they also have a pay-per-click program. And you can either choose to pay a commission, or you can pay for a pay-per-click. So an innkeeper thinking about this, I'm overwhelmed just thinking about it, (laughs) sitting here, is all of the inventory then managed by the software that, for instance, your company provides? Does that manage the inventory for all the OTAs? Right. So there's several types of channel managers. The one that we offer is a direct connection. So, for example, Expedia has about 10 or 12 brands that they market that are all part of the Expedia group. So if you list on Expedia, you might be listed on Hotels.com or Cheap Hotels, Travelocity. So they're distributing your inventory via a channel manager, which we provide, to the entire network of websites that they have in their partner central group. And so you can be distributed at a lot of places you didn't even think of. And plus, again, of course, they have affiliate marketing. So they have people who are doing travel writing, and they're posting the ads from Expedia on their travel blogs or their articles. And so... It's, it's not just that you go on to Expedia and find a property. It's that Expedia is distributing your property on Google, on the business listing, on Yahoo, and in articles. So there's a lot of ways that people can find you from OTA Connection. So what if... It's fall foliage in Vermont, and I know this was when this all started coming about. I this was my first curiosity. Can you black out dates with OTAs or not? Yes, you can, but you have to have the correct channel manager to be able to do it. So when you're shopping for a channel manager, you should make a list of questions to ask potential uh, providers if they can do. So in our case, for example, an inn can block a specific date for a specific room anytime. They can just do that on their calendar. Now, of course, you know, if you're blocking your property from the OTAs, then when someone searches for you on an OTA, it's going to say that you're full. Mm -hmm. So there's a plus and a minus to that. But if you get enough traffic on your website and it's high season, then you may not need their help. You want to supplement your bookings with OTA 
transactions too. So I've noticed as I've been booking travel that they all seem to be doing a lot of redirecting as well. You know, if I go on Expedia, then the next day I'm hearing from one of their other affiliates, you know, have you booked that room yet? Or Right, you know, right. So that seems to be another way they... Right. And, but maybe not be the same brand that you went in on. They are redirecting with a different brand. Right. I find that interesting. So they evaluate the type of property that you have and decide where on their uh, network channels that it's going to do the best. Because, of course, they want to make a commission. So they're going to market you where they think that the guests who would book with you are. And, you know, that's smart for both of you, really. Yes. Um, Because you want to maximize your occupancy. There's becoming more and more artificial intelligence behind all of these things. Google has just launched a new version of their Google Hotel Finder. And that is a tremendous tool. So I was just looking with some people on on Google Hotel Finder at their properties And they're actually able to track when your prices are going up and down or fluctuating. And they're telling guests this property fluctuates prices. This property is higher than the average property in their area. And so there's starting to become really much more information about you publicly available than ever before. Are they booking? Are they becoming a booking engine as well? They are. And, of course, Google likes to make revenue from pay-per-click. Yes. You do have to have either an OTA or somebody to provide connection for you onto Google Hotel Finder to show rates and availability. But the other information, like, you know, whether you have free Wi-Fi, whether you allow pets or children, those things can oftentimes come from your business listing or your website. So they're gathering information about you from a lot of different places and then providing that in one place for the traveler to look at your property. So you just said something that is interesting that I just want to point out, that in your business listing on Google, mentioning things like being Mm dog-friendly or not, or children-friendly or not, that would be a great thing to have in your basic Google listing, especially as this is becoming a a bigger platform. Right. So the important thing is that no matter where you're being distributed, that you want to fill out as much information about the property as you can so that you're filtering out guests that wouldn't enjoy themselves at your place and you're attracting the ones who would. Then you get a better match and then you get better reviews. And when you have better reviews, you get a higher ranking on the OTAs and you can compete more effectively and even maybe charge more. So you are here, you've putting on seminars, you have a beautiful booth, you're clearly having a lot of conversations. What are people talking to you about this year that they might not have been talking to you about last year? Well, um, I know that a lot's going on with Airbnb. Airbnb is here at the conference, and um, we're their partner. They are trying to develop in more of their professional B&B presence. The other big disruptor is going to be Google Hotel Finder, I believe. Yeah, it seems like it. I'd never heard of it until you yeah, just brought and it up. Yeah, and a lot of people haven't. But if you have a property, you can go to google.com slash travel slash hotels and put in your city and check availability, and you'll see your competitors coming up. You can even filter that by the types of property, a lot of other amenities and things, to see what other people are doing. The greatest part about the Google Hotel Finder right now is they are allowing people to click directly into your website. So although the ads for the OTAs are showing up on Google, 
your website can be clicked right from the Google Hotel Finder. Yes, yeah, so because I have noticed some videos being put out by hospitality organizations about booking direct. And so it's nice that that is allowing your direct website to be clicked through. Right. But, you know, another important thing to consider with OTAs is they are helping you get direct bookings as well. And I know that when people who have had OTA connections, maybe the property's purchased and the new owner decides not to use OTAs, the direct bookings go down because of the billboard effect that they have. And so you don't have to always participate. But I think it's important to participate at least partially with the OTAs in order to get the level of distribution they offer. And we'll see where it takes us in the future with, you know, as I said, the Google Hotel Finder is going to be a disruption. TripAdvisor is always evolving and changing. Airbnb is evolving and changing. And so every year we find that the environment's changing. And that's why it's a good idea to really participate in your local and state associations and national associations. Yeah, and keep up with what's happening and being able to come to a conference right. like this. Exactly. Great. Well, listen, is there any other, are there any other tidbits you'd like to share before we sign <laughs> off? Sure. Well, you know, I've been doing this since 2007, and I've watched the B&B industry evolving over time, and it's always changing, and there are new challenges. The OTAs are a big challenge for people. It's very difficult to have to write that check every month. (laughs) But I think if you look at your business in an overall sense, it gives you a little bit more perspective on where to spend your marketing dollars. Great. Well, I hope you have a wonderful show. And I'll be anxious to talk to you next year and see see what the latest and greatest thing is on the horizon. Great, Megan. Well, thank you so much for having me here. And um, I'll look forward to seeing you next year. Conversations from this episode were recorded at the AIHP 2019 Knowledge Sharing Summit and Marketplace. We hope you'll join us at the 2020 Summit in Albuquerque, New Mexico, February 24th through the 27th. Inside Inkeeping is a co-production of InPartners and the Association of Independent Hospitality Professionals. Our theme music was composed and performed by Jacob Ungerleiter, and our show was engineered by Eben Viennes.